Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Jay myself documents the monumental move of a renowned photographer and artist, Jay Maisel, who in February of 2015, after 48 years, begrudgingly sold his home, a 36,000-square-foot, 100-year-old landmark building in Manhattan, simply known as The Bank. Through the intimate lens of filmmaker and Jay, Jay's protege and noted, and noted artist and photographer Stephen Wilkes. The viewer has taken on a remarkable journey through Jay's life as an artist, mentor, and a man happening with time, life change, and the end of an era in New York City. And with that, I want to introduce to our audience the director of this wonderful new film, Jay, myself, and that would be Stephen Wilkes. Stephen, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure, Mike. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, um, obviously, well, we get to know this in the film, that you, many years before all of this happened, you um, you approached uh, Jay Maisel. Tell us a little bit about the story of how you got to know him. Well, I, I was a, a student at college. Um, I went to Newhouse School in Syracuse uh, Communications, and I was, uh, I'm, I used to love looking at um, the, of the Time Life series on photography, and I was, uh, I think I was probably about, you know, 18 or 19 years old, and I was uh, flipping through this one book called Color, and it just seemed that every photograph that I liked in the book was by this guy named Jay Maisel. And so I, uh, this my junior year, I uh, uh, sort of mustered up the courage um, to, um, to actually call him up on the phone and see if I could show him my portfolio. My professors at the time said, you're never going to get a job, so don't even attempt to do that. What you should do is just have, you know, pick up the phone and call photographers and see if they give you feedback, you know, on your work. And so I called him, and he happened to answer the phone, which, you know, happens once every million years. And uh, I was so excited that he actually was, I was speaking to the man himself that I, I think I started to stutter in, in anxiousness. And I, I became... Um, he basically told me to, you know, leave a piece of paper in the portfolio and drop it off uh, by his building. Uh, I said, building, where, where's your place? He goes, well, I have a bank on Spring Street in the Bowery. <laughs> and um, and that's what I did. I, I dropped it off, and then uh, I got a phone call from his assistant uh, that, you know, I could pick it up and that Jay wanted to meet me. And so I went back down to the bank the next day, and, uh, and his assistant opened the door um, into this, you know, incredible building, and I um, that really began this whole journey. He, he actually said to me, "We made you five thousand dollars, Stephen," and I got all excited because no, I'm just kidding. But Jay really loved your pictures, and that preceded this whole dialogue where I um, I started to read the note that Jay, Jay left, and you know, next thing I know, I was being um, he called me out on in the intercom and said, um, "Bring that kid Wilkes up to two, you know, and. Um, like I described in the film, it was, you know, really like the Wizard of Oz, and yeah. that's what it was like. I mean, it was a, um, I, I can't even begin to describe the scale of what I was, you know, seeing. Uh, that was something that I never had ever imagined before. Jay uh, had the bank set up in a way, uh, he, he really never wanted people to sort of know that he was living there in a way. You know, I, I think he was concerned because of the nature of the neighborhood. Uh, obviously, him being a photographer and he had his cameras and all his things there, he just wanted to sort of be, um, in a way, invisible. 
And so the building uh, was covered with graffiti um, from over the years. And, you know, you had bums sleeping on the street. And, you know, it was, uh, I mean, it was, a, it was a rough time in the Bowery in those days, but it was an amazing time to be down there. I mean, the 19, early, uh, 1979 is when I got down, and, and that's when I uh, visited the bank. And it was, a, it was a magical time. You know, you had Jean-Michel Bisquale. He was doing Samo writings uh, on Jay's bank. You had uh, Keith Haring actually doing Barking Dog and Chalk on the sidewalks. I mean, uh, you know, these are things that would happen at like, I'd come into work at eight o'clock in the morning. He, he basically, what I, what I, I jumped to, um, we, we started, uh, after he looked at my work, he offered me an internship for the summer. And that internship really, you know, was, um, it was like going to graduate school for a summer kind of thing. Uh, and uh, the experience I had uh, there was I had to uh, install insulation <laughs> into walls. <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't know anything about that. I wasn't exactly Mr. Handy at that point in my life. And uh, uh, and at the same time, he, he took me up in a helicopter to photograph uh, New York and North Carolina. So I uh, wow. uh, it began really a, an incredible friendship, and, and he became my mentor. And um, he always really encouraged uh, and, and saw something in my work that was uh, that was uh, really special for me as a young artist. I say that, you know, I think um, anytime somebody who's like Jay, who has this uh, extraordinary sort of uh, leadership in, in a field like he had uh, and, and has had over decades, uh, when they look at you as a young photographer and, and tell you you're good, and tell you actually can could make it in this business. It is a, a very very powerful um, uh, experience to have that, especially when you've you've fought your way the whole way to get where you are. And that was my story in a way. I had many people telling me my whole life I could just never make a living doing what I was doing, but I just loved the act of photographing so much. I just couldn't do anything else. I didn't want to do anything else. And I and Jay, I met somebody who who paralleled that same feeling and and then reinforced you know, uh, in me, the confidence to, uh, to go over, to keep going, to push further. That says so much about him, someone who is uh, a renowned photographer. I want to talk a little bit about his sort of place in the constellation of photography. Sure. Uh, uh, but also, it says a lot about him as a person, and that these are the things that come across in the film, that he is, he's truthful, he at times maybe not as filtered as uh, some other people might be in terms <laughs> exactly. of describing. He's, he's going to tell you exactly how he feels. Exa- that's one thing about Jay. That's what. That's really what I love about him. Yeah, you know, he's just yeah. a straight straight shooter. And also, but what along with that truth, along with that sort of unfiltered uh, uh, account of how he feels at the moment, is uh, also someone who recognizes the talent in others and is willing to uh, help it along and and that is i just i don't know that you can pay a higher compliment to someone who's as accomplished as that who is who still seeks out collaboration who and seeks out finding talent and helping it uh, flourish and i think that for me watching that that's what i came came to that uh watching him as in the film yeah and that's why he is it's really you know for me it was when i met him I, it, it's really about like this concept of of, of, of sharing a language with someone, this visual language that we, uh, this, this thing we like to look at, the things we like to see. As a young photographer, you, you're in your own space, you know, you, you might look at other work and you might see other people's photographs, but for most of it, you're, you're very much in your own head. And then when you meet somebody who is uh, like-minded in a way and that, you know, gets excited about the same things you get excited about and 
you know, I think that was at the core of our relationship uh, was this um, almost childlike joy in, in the act of looking. And I think when, when we met, and the more time I got to spend with him, the more he shared with me. And, you know, as a result, like one of the things is the, um, when you see the editing room, uh, that was really where we formed, you know, I think the basis of our friendship and, and relationship was in the editing room because I, I used to love, you know, just looking at his pictures and setting up his pictures. And I would go to great lengths to actually look at every roll of film he would shoot. I'd get in at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I'd work till probably around 11, 11.30. At 9 o'clock, I would go to a place called Fleet Messenger Service where you could have, um, it was one-day turnaround on Kodachrome. So we'd put the film in early in the morning, and by 9 at night, it would come back. And then I'd set up the film for him. And his he was used to pretty much most of his assistants over the years were just, you know, open the boxes, write down what roll number it was, and put it in the box, and that was it. I was going through each roll, and uh, literally I could see how his mind was working as a photographer. And that was, for me, the most incredible thing, because uh, I, I, I found this amazing kind of gift in being able to look deeply at the way he photographed and how his mind was working through the film. He really didn't have anybody do that before. He would call me and goes, where's the film, man? Because obviously, if I'm looking at every picture like that, it takes me a little longer to set up the film. And and I would say, oh, yeah, you got this great shot on roll number five and this kid jumping out, you know, to a sprinkler on roll number seven. And this woman, she's amazing through a cab window. And he'd go, really? You, you looked at all this? I go, yeah. He goes, why don't you come up and edit with me? Wow. And that's that was that was the foundation. And once I would sit in that room with him, and he'd light up that stogie, and it's exactly as it was in the film. It, it, it would be, we'd start just talking about pictures, and he would start sharing things about optical illusions, things that both of us were very curious about. And But I, don't, I didn't ever really had anybody I could really share that with, because it's one of those kind of obscure things. It's like if you're, you know, a scientist and you're, you know, you have this incredible fascination with mitochondria or whatever it is, you know, that nobody else really cares about. But when you find somebody who actually is into mitochondria, it's like, Oh my God, you are really, let's talk about it. And it was that kind of thing. We, we had this, um, unbelievable sort of, um, fascination with, um, um, visual storytelling and visual, uh, you know, optical illusions, uh, that, that we'd see. And, uh, and, and, and those are the kinds of things we talk about. And, and that I, I wanted really uh, in this film to create this dimensional portrait of this man that I've known for 42 years, his friend, who, um, um, who I felt that in many ways the bank was uh, an, you know, just a complete extension of his mind. And, um, and, and so that, that the, the, uh, the idea is, is that while his photography, his art, is this uh, a visual element that he's obviously was known for, uh, but the bank was this other dimension to him that allowed him to sort of uh, continue to, you know, somebody said to me, he collects images, right? And and then he collects objects, and it's like, no, he collects everything that he finds beauty in. That's really what it's about, you know? And uh, it's about the idea that he's this, this um, you know, um, just a, a constant hunger for, uh, for looking and seeing and discovering beauty in things that, you know, most people never, never see or never look at. Right. And so that was part of really what I wanted you to, you know, I, I think for me, when I came into the bank, it affected me. You know, it affects everybody who spends any time there. You start to look deeper, you know, yeah. and uh, and the more you look, the more he rewards you. There's like layers upon layers upon layers of things that you never could see in a first glance, sometimes even a second or a third glance. 
And uh, he said to me after that first summer working for him, he said, so, kid, what did you learn? And I go, why don't you come back in like five years after the dust settles and I'll let you know exactly, <laughs> you know, once it all distills down wow. into what I learned. Wow. Yeah. So for me, the film really was about taking all those beautiful things that he um, taught me. And I think so much of what he says and he speaks about, they're, they're more than just about, I think, art and photography. I, I always found them as life lessons in a way, stuff that I've shared with my own children. And, and currently, you know, it's an interesting world we live in now because the concept of an apprenticeship is somewhat of a, a dying art form. You know, it doesn't uh, right. exist uh, because there's so much pressure, I think, on young people today to come out of college, pay your your college tuition bills. And, you know, the idea of, like, working for next to nothing just to learn at the knee of the master is just fundamentally not uh, as realistic as it used to be. Yeah. So, you know, mentoring is, in a way, for me, is the, I get to mentor the audience through telling the story in this film and Jay's life story. Let me just let our listeners know that we're speaking with Stephen Wilkes and the director of the new documentary film coming out today called Jay Myself, the story of Jay Maisel and his uh, move from this amazing building that he bought back in 1967 for $102,000, 36,000 square feet. It, it, it in of itself is another character. I mean, it's maybe it equals uh, the uh, the character of Jay uh, in this film in terms of it. You're, it's really like you're walking around inside the mind of this accomplished uh, artist, and it is just an, uh, it's just a remarkable look at artists how they work, how they process, and particularly with him and his fascination, his continuing fascination with all things of shapes, colors, sizes, whatever it is, his his innate curiosity about the world he lives in, which really infuses his work. And I don't think we'll be able to do true justice to the, the level of, uh, of uh, his photos that we see in the film. They're just amazing film um, photos in the film. So he is an amazing, he's an amazing artist, too. You know, I think um, one of the other motivations was for me was the nature of our business and our industry. You know, when you stop shooting commercially, and Jay was such a successful commercial uh, photographer, you know, it's like the next generation, they don't really know who you are. And then if you're not, you know, Jay was very private. He um, wasn't, he ha- kind of had galleries within his own space, but he wasn't really uh, showing his work uh, around the world or doing, you know, he wasn't, he didn't sort of migrate the way um, a lot of artists do. And so um, he just stayed doing his own thing, you know. Uh, I was seeing a lot of young guys who, like when I mentioned his name, they didn't, they didn't know who he was. And I was like, this is probably one of the most prolific photographers in the 20th century. You know, and I think I think his work is that you know is is really important, and he's really important as an artist. So it was it was a way to to sort of um, acknowledge that. And the other element I think for me too was I had uh, watched New York change. You know, and, and and the bank was this like iconic building in Lower Manhattan, and and as the years passed, and you know, as I said, I know him forty two years. From 79, when you go down to lower Manhattan and you see what the Bowery area has evolved into, it's quite staggering, you know, and I would I would reference it always from the fact that Jay had, when I started working there, these 360 views of all lower Manhattan, the bridges, everything. And then, as every decade it seemed, um, uh, over our, the years of our friendship, you know, I'd come back into the building and I'd go up to the roof and I'd say, oh gosh, but they're building another building there. That view's gone, and 
oh, they're building something on the right, and that now that view's gone, you know, and and it would and the, Jay would t- we talk about it, and it'd be like, yeah, man, you know, it's kind of like really depressing what's happening, but then he would he would actually start shooting things going on in front of him, so he would start making art. Even though most people would be like, you know, probably, you know, writing congressmen and saying, stop the building, don't allow these things that Jay, you know, was, was focused on, okay, wow, well, I guess there's a picture now within that, that new building. There's something else going on. He always finds something visually that would attract him and makes a positive out of a negative, you know, and, and that, I think that's a great gift, too. Well, Stephen, we unfortunately just going to have to wrap up because uh, it, you, I just want to let people know that you're in town. You're at the Royal, uh, the Lemley Royal on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard, right off the 405 tonight, and I believe tomorrow night for uh, Q&As. Is that right? For Friday and Saturday? Yes. Friday, Friday and Saturday, and we're doing Sunday as well at 1 p.m., so oh. hopefully people come out. Fantastic. And, uh, Fantastic. And see us on Sunday, and... Uh, and I'll be doing actually too. I have a signing. I'm going to be doing my uh, my new day to night book came out, so we're going to have a signing after that screening. So it'll That's be a, kind of a fun afternoon on Sunday. People come out, but uh, yeah, we'll be doing 7:40 t- uh, tonight, 7:40 Saturday p.m. Uh, you know, Q and A, and then the 1 p.m. on Sunday. Fantastic. Well, again, the film is Jay Thank myself. You. We've been speaking with the director of the film. That would be Stephen Wilkes. Thank you so much for being here on Film School Radio today. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Nice talking to you, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.